0: You know, there's so much uh, negativity today. I've got some uh, friends, some Christian friends, who make it a point, a concerted point, to try to use their social media platforms for positive reasons. Um, And, you know, it just seems that there's so much attempt to stir up uh, anger and animosity and discontent and maybe even foment violence that, that they are trying to make a concerted effort to... Have a positive impact, and I think that's great. But the guitar falling was not. Yikes! Sorry about that, Hazen. It's lived for over 60 years. <laughs> ah, now how can I work that guitar into my sermon here? But uh, but now I've seen you know a lot of encouraging posts i've seen people um post things about uh you know the inner light and i've seen things like um, share your inner light with the world and um let your inner light shine and i guess that jesus said some things like that he said you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth he said "Uh, let your light shine before men so that they may glorify your father who is in heaven And I think that all of us, you know, certainly know people who, when they come into the room, they kind of light up the room, right? Or people that you you meet, and, uh, and for having met them, they brighten your whole day. But I see some other posts sometimes that I'm not sure about, about this inner light. I've seen these. No matter what, let your inner light guide you. May your inner light be a path through the darkness. And I... Makes me wonder: do, do, do people have an inner light to guide them that can rightly guide them? And, and is the answer to that question different whether a person is a follower of Jesus or not? Well, I want to read to you today from John chapter eleven, verses one through ten. This is God's word. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard that, Lazarus was sick he stayed where he was two more days and he said to his disciples let us go back to Judea but rabbi they said a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you and yet you're going to go back there and Jesus answered are there not 12 hours of daylight A man who walks by day will not stumble for he sees by this world's light It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. And Father, uh, grant us insight into your word and bless us in our considering it today. Through Jesus our Lord we pray. Amen. Well, the Pharisees weren't playing. And Jesus wasn't exaggerating when he said, when he told his disciples that they were trying to kill him. And his disciples were beginning to get that. That was beginning to sink in. And just before this, you might recall, Jesus had had the audacity to heal a man who had been born, from, uh, been born blind, and he did that on a Sabbath day. And his discussion about that with the Pharisees afterward didn't help things. They made them all the more furious. And so Jesus had left Jerusalem for the countryside out where John had been baptizing about 20, 22, maybe 25 miles from Jerusalem, a good day's walk. It would take a good day to walk there. Bethany, as is mentioned here, was a little village in Judea, about two miles south-southeast of Jerusalem. To give you an idea of that distance, um, the Heritage High School up the road here, the distance from the end of our driveway to the end of the driveway of Heritage High School is one mile. So if you go to Heritage High School and back, that's the distance from Jerusalem to Bethany. And Jesus' friends, uh, Lazarus and his sisters Mary and Martha, lived there, and Lazarus got sick there. He got so sick that, well, they sent someone to come and find jesus to retrieve him And this sickness jesus said you know it's going to be the occasion for bringing glory to the son of god it's going to be an occasion for the kingdom of god to intrude itself here and to see the blessings that are going to come it's going to be an occasion for rejoicing and for people's faith to increase But before it is ever any of those things, it's going to be an occasion for dispelling a misunderstanding of the disciples, hopefully for dispelling our misunderstanding as well. Because the truth is, friends, let me just say it out front, the truth is that we have no inner light that can rightly guide us. Jesus came to be our light. And by the time John has written his gospel, he's got that down. See, John tells us uh, throughout his gospel the many times that Jesus says that he's the light. And up to this point, he said things like, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And speaking of himself, in chapter 3, he had said that light has come into the world, but people love darkness rather than light. So that by time John sits down to write his gospel, to frame the narrative of the things that Jesus has done and said, he begins it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. There was a man who was sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. So so Jesus or I'm sorry, John gets it that Jesus came as the light. And light, of course, is what enables people to see right metaphorically to understand when when somebody gets it we say well he's been enlightened or he's seen the light or even you know when we're when we're talking about understanding something we'll say oh i see and light is what enables us to see so i'm looking through the bible and i can't find anywhere In the Bible, that tells us to invoke our inner light. God is light. The psalmist says in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. We read it this morning in Psalm 36. In your light, we see light. In Psalm 76, you, Lord, are radiant with light. God enlightens us by his presence in and through his word. And So the psalmist tells us in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He says the unfolding of your words give light. And so it's not a vague or a kind of a mystical sense of the presence of god that gives light but it's god in and through his word guiding us that gives us light we don't have an inner light jesus came to be our light god blesses us when we trust his word rather than lean on our own understanding well isn't that what the bible says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your paths straight. So I want to return uh, to a moment to the event that preceded all of this, Jesus' encounter with that man who was born blind back in chapter 9, and if you recall what happened there, Jesus had gone up to this man, he made some mud, he put it on the man's eyes, told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. The whole event was strange, right? Um, Jesus, at least in terms of what's recorded in the text, Jesus doesn't say a word to him. He doesn't go up and say, hey, how are you? What's your name? What's your problem? He just goes up and he makes mud and puts it on the man's eyes. And then he just tells him, go wash it off. He doesn't tell him why to do that. just tells him to do it. And I pointed out when we looked at that passage that there were two pools that were very near to the temple, but Jesus doesn't send him to either of those pools. He sends him all the way down to the southern end of the city. It's about as far from the temple as he could get down to the pool of Siloam. It, it would have been no easy feat for a blind man to make his way there. In fact, it would kind of be like having the handicapped spot at a doctor's office all the way at the other end of the parking lot instead of close by the door. But the man listens to Jesus, and he takes him at his word, without being told why, without any kind of calculation or question. But, but there are other pools closer by here. He obeys Jesus, he listens to his word, and he comes back seeing. If anyone had a uh, good question... question what he'd been told it was this man or good reason to question uh, what he'd been told it was this man wouldn't be unreasonable i wouldn't think to say couldn't i go to one of the other pools or even why are you even telling me to do this but he just does simply what jesus tells him to do and he's blessed beyond what he could have imagined and it's pretty clear that up to this point the man that was healed up to that point wasn't a disciple of jesus right he didn't even know jesus he was sitting there outside the temple uh, begging probably and so you might say well you know of course you know this man didn't have any kind of uh, inner guidance or light but what about the followers of jesus don't the followers of jesus have an inner light to guide them a lot of times the followers of jesus think they do But the truth is, Jesus' disciples have no more light in themselves than anyone else. So John's told us that Jesus has gone into the hill country to get away from the Pharisees because they're seeking to do him real harm. And someone comes looking for him, telling him that Lazarus is sick and that he needs to come right away. And Jesus doesn't. He lingers there for two days. And then he says to his disciples, now let's go back to Judea. And his disciples are shocked because they know, and he knows, and they know that he knows that the religious leaders there just tried to kill him. And he just said that Lazarus' sickness wasn't going to end in death. And so they say, but Rabbi, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you and yet you're going to go back there it's a it's an implicit why and it's not a sincere question for information it's a challenge to his judgment and it's not unique to them it happens to the followers of Jesus all the time we get comfortable in our relationship Maybe we even pride ourselves that we we get it, we, we know how God thinks, we know what God will do. And so sometimes when we encounter a situation, and the best solution in, in our judgment seems to us to be something contrary to what God has said in his word, we argue. We reason with God. We dissemble. In his classic book, Knowing God, J.I. Packer notes that sometimes the followers of Jesus can get the mistaken notion that God has taken us into his confidence and we can therefore see what he's doing and we can reason with him like we stand on some kind of equal plane with him. And I don't think that's unique to our age. You know, Paul picks up a quote from the prophet Isaiah when he asks, who has known the mind of the Lord that he should become his counselor? You might say, "But, but pastor, don't Christians have the mind of Christ? Well, certainly that's what 1 Corinthians 2 says, what do you think that means? You think that means that you have your own light? Or that Christians can walk in the light of Christ? The light of God's presence is in and through his word, not through vague and mystical spiritual impressions of my own inner light. My, my sense of what I think God, God would do in this case, or God should do. And that's the point of Jesus' answer to his disciples. Jesus said to them, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Literally it says, are there not 12 hours in a day? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. Um, Most of you, I think, live in neighborhoods where there are streetlights and other houses around. Um, My neighborhood is not a bright neighborhood by any means. If I go outside at night, I can see stars in the backyard. And yet, if I ever have to run uh, trash out to the can on the side of the house um, late at night after the sun has gone down, I don't have to worry about seeing There's enough ambient light there from streetlights, from the light from other people's houses. It's a different story if you live in a secluded place where there are no street lights. And some of you live in places like that. Some of you have lived in places like that. Um, Then it's not so easy to see at night. Sometimes being a suburbanite, I forget that. If I'm out in a secluded place, out at Machen or something, and say I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just run this out, and I realized I had to, I had to take some light with me because it's dark here. And there's been more than uh, one suburbanite who spent an unplanned night in the woods because he went hiking too late in the day, uh, too far into the woods, and didn't have a light in his pack. And it just got so dark that he couldn't move anymore. Because the dark is really dark. You can't walk in it. You can't see. You have to wait for the light. And, and, and the people in Jesus' day understood that because there were no streetlights. Outside the city, particularly when it was dark, it was dark. John chapter 11 and verse 10, and in, in my translation, it kind of misses what Jesus said. So Jesus said, it, it is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. But, but literally what the Greek says is that it's when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light in him. And people can walk in the day because there's this enormous ball of fire in the sky by which we can see. But we can't walk at night without some external source of light because we don't have any light in ourselves. And the disciples of Jesus have not developed some inner light by osmosis because they were hanging around with Jesus. To, to put bluntly, Jesus' kind and gentle answer to them, he says, are you questioning what I'm telling you to do? I'm the light. You don't have any light in yourself. We, we have no inner light. Jesus came to be our light, and he conveys his light to us by his word. Not, not, not by vague spiritual impressions or by private revelations of w- what I th- think the Lord would want me to do, what I ought to do. You know, I've got some very sincere and well-meaning Christian friends who, who often invoke the phrase, well, you know, the Lord told me to, um, and then they'll tell me things. I, somebody said, the, you know, the Lord told me that, that I really need to be uh, more forthright in sharing Jesus with people. Well, that's a good thing. Right? I might have said that if I had come to that conclusion. You know, in, in, in reading God's word, um, I think the Holy Spirit was prompting me that I really needed to share Jesus with people. Maybe that's what they mean. But I've got to tell you, friends, that sometimes I've had people say to me, well, the Lord told me, and the next thing that comes out of their mouth, I'm pretty sure the Lord didn't tell them that. In fact, I'm pretty sure that they told themselves that. God speaks to us in his word. He gives light in his word. And it's a blessing that he does. You know, the first temptation sought to raise doubts because people could rely only on mere memory. And so that temptation was this. Did God really say You know, if God comes to you or or if uh, Satan comes to you or me with the temptation of, did God really say? uh, You know what we can do? We can say, well, I don't remember. Let Let me check. Let me look and see. It's not to say that all the guidance that we need in life is as easy as opening our Bibles. But it is to say that the right place to look, to begin the search, to look for enlightenment, is in his word. Because even for the disciples of Jesus, we don't have any inner light. The light is not in us. Jesus came to be the light of the world. And he prayed, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We don't have any inner light. Jesus came to be our light. And he gives us light through his word. You know, God's also given us the the sacraments of baptism and the supper. But those things are not self-explanatory. They're explained to us by his word. So I'm going to ask our elders if they'll come forward to distribute the elements of the Lord's Mm -hmm. Supper.